You're listening to the Kindling Rhythms podcast by Restore Houston Church. In John chapter 21, Jesus built a kindling fire for his friend Peter, who was at a low place in his life. His shame and failures were defining everything for him. But Jesus will not let shame and failure have the last word in Peter's life. And in an act of love, Jesus built a kindling fire to serve as a meeting place between himself and Peter. A broken Peter meets with Jesus around this fire, and Jesus gently restores Peter, showing him love, giving him grace, and empowering him to live the life that Jesus had called him to. In this beautiful moment, the whole direction of Peter's life changes. Kindling Rhythm strives to follow in the tradition of that same kindling fire that Jesus built for Peter. By creating a meeting space where your shame and failure give way to the love of Jesus. Where grace restores even the most broken parts of your life and you can find rest knowing that he deeply cares for you. May you also, just like Peter, find him in this space. I am, I gotta tell you guys, I am more excited right now than I probably have been in a long, long time. So there's been a lot of things that I have, I've felt just personally and spiritually, there's been worth res- celebrating around Restore. Um, but this in particular, I'm pretty excited about. So um, I want to consider this your first official invitation um, to come to our in-person Easter gathering. So uh, on April 4th, which is Easter, um, we are gonna have an in-person uh, Easter gathering or resurrection celebration, as I like to think of it. Um, and we're so we're going to meet at the Walking Stick Brewery. It's up here in Garden Oaks area, Independence Heights, so kind of north side of the loop. Um, they've got outdoor seating for us. Um, and we've got outdoor seating for about 60 plus people so we can space everybody out. Um, I'm asking everybody to wear masks. Um, there'll be free, free uh, coffee and free bagels. And um, there's going to be some games for the kids. Uh, and one of the other things I'm really excited about is we're actually going to have uh, Josh Taylor from We The Wellspring. So uh, Josh, play, Josh is a lead uh, vocalist for a band called We The Wellspring. Um, I got to hear them play last year at a conference that I was speaking at. Um, and really, really liked Josh's heart. Really, really liked um, uh, just just the way that they approach worship. So they're going to be leading worship for us um, at the Walking Stick Brewery. So uh, feel free to invite friends and family. Um, like I said, I'm asking everyone to wear masks and just kind of space out and be safe. Um, we'll be outdoors, um, but I'm so excited to actually celebrate the resurrection of Jesus with you guys in person. So as we um, <clears throat> move through Galatians, I let all of our meeting house leaders know, but just wanted to let you guys know as well, um, after really praying and thinking about it, I've decided to extend our uh, Galatians series by just one more week. Um, and that's because the fruit of the Spirit, I believe, is such life-changing, life-giving um, beauty, grace, whatever you want to call it, um, that I really, I really don't want us to miss anything. Um, so most of us have heard of the fruit of the Spirit in one form or another. If you grew up Catholic or Protestant, it was, um, I know in Sunday school, um, we had a song we would sing, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. I don't know if anybody remembers that. Um, and so for most of us, we've kind of thinking of, thinking thought of the fruit of the spirit 
as um, this like list of virtues that um, we are supposed to adhere to, right? So there's love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, uh, and self-control. And so um, the way it, it kind of usually gets taught and kind of comes off as, um, well, if you're a Christian, then you need to be behaving in this way. You need to be behaving um, with things of the fruit of the Spirit. Um, but that's really the exact opposite of what Paul wants us to understand from the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, Paul sees, are the result or the produce. It's produced uh, by a life that is led by the Spirit. Um, and so this isn't the fruit of our own moral um, or religious practices. This isn't even the, proof, the fruit of our own faith. It's called the fruit of the Spirit um, because Paul sees it as something that comes from the Spirit into our life. It's something that the Spirit empowers us, leads us uh, to, to follow, to consider. Um, so as we, as we move into this text this evening, um, just a couple of things I want to um, keep in mind. So there's, there's really three portions of the text that we're in. Um, and Paul will start by saying, don't abuse the freedom that you have uh, in the Spirit, in Jesus, in grace, um, to go back to submitting your life to things that will not set you right, that will not result in your rectification, right? They, that will not bring about your salvation. Don't go back to that. And so Paul is often referred to the law as one of those things. Um, today, though, he's referring to the impulsive desires of the flesh. Now, that term, impulsive desires of the flesh, or just flesh, um, is sometimes how it gets translated. For Paul, does not mean your skin and bones. It doesn't mean, um, right, he's not saying flesh is evil. God created flesh, and God doesn't create evil things. Um, but what he's trying to do is he's trying to set up this idea in our heads uh, that there are two realms. There are two realms in this world. One uh, is this kingdom of liberation uh, that is in Jesus. It's this kingdom of grace. And one is this uh, kingdom of oppression and slavery. And you have things like the law over here. Um, and you've got this satanic kingdom, which Paul describes as the, as the um, impulsive desires of the flesh. And these two kingdoms are at war with one another. Uh, and Paul sees our hearts, your heart and mine, as the launch point, the point at which, um, depending on which kingdom we are a part of, which kingdom we are submitting to, will launch forth out of our hearts into the world around us. And so Paul wants us to understand both of these lists. Keep this in mind as you guys wrestle with this tonight. Paul wants us to see both of these lists in light of community. They're not individual um, traits necessarily. In fact, the you that Paul, when he uses the word you at the beginning, says don't use your freedom. It's the plural. So he's referring to this group of people. Um, and this is what he see, and this is what he sees. If, if you are a community of people that are being led by the Spirit, you will see the fruit of the Spirit in your life. If you are a community that's being led by the impulsive desire of the flesh, you will see the fruit of the impulsive desires of the flesh in your life and in the lives of, of others around you. Uh, and so the first thing Paul wants to say is this whole law that you have um, been wrestling with, um, it is summed up. It is brought to completion with this one sentence, love your neighbor as yourself. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. This is the essence um, of the fruit of the spirit of the law. Or I'm sorry, of the spirit uh, of grace. The spirit of the law was trying to get you to do that, but you could, it never changed your heart. It never led to that kind of fruit. And so, and so Paul is wanting us to see that a life led by the spirit leads to loving our neighbor as ourself. And so the list of uh, vices that he, these lists of um, sexual impulsiveness and greed and argumentation and all of these things are things for Paul that um, disrupt or destroy our ability to love our neighbor as ourselves. right? To be a community where the neighbors are loving each other as themselves, you can't have a community where they're sexually exploiting one another where they're being divisive, where they're being judgmental, where they're going into fits of jealousy or having drunken wild parties, right? All of these things for Paul disrupt a community's ability to love one another, to love their neighbors as themselves. And so here's where I want to challenge us tonight. And I, and I use that word challenge because it's going to be challenging. Um, how do Christians, in light of this, um, approach theology. Okay. So many of us have grown up in cultures where we were taught, um, to have the right theology. Now I'm not knocking theology. Theology is important, but Paul says, Paul does not say, let the right theology guide your life. Paul does not say, let the right belief system guide your life. Paul says, let the spirit guide your life. That's what you are letting guide your life now. So I want us to stop and think about this for a second. If our theology produces fruit of the Spirit, does that mean it's been led? Uh, does that mean that the Spirit is leading us? Does that mean it's the right theology? Now I'm going to ask you this. If you have what you think is the right theology or you have a theological system or perspectives on different things like um, sexuality or family or morality or what kind of movies you should be watching, whatever, um, but it's not producing fruit of the spirit in your life. Is it right theology? So, so here's what I want us to wrestle with. Does our theology inform what the spirit does in our life or does the spirit, um, sort of guide and shift our theology? Um, and can we judge, do we judge good theology and bad theology based on logic, based on hermeneutics based on exegesis, based on historical understanding, or do we base good theology and bad theology based on what kind of fruit it produces? Okay, so this is going to be, we're going to have to wrestle with this one. I have to wrestle with this one. We all have to wrestle with this one. Um, but I believe with all of my heart that Paul is making the argument that, that it's, it's when you're reading scripture, however you're reading it, if it's not producing the fruit of the spirit in your life, then it's not theology that's been led by the spirit. The spirit is now your primary leading. You are to follow a life that's led by the spirit that is indwelling inside of you. And so if you look at your theology, if you're looking towards the law, if you're looking to anything else to be your guide, um, it's not going to do, it's not going to bring about the freedom. Um, and that's what Paul has been saying this whole time is don't go back to surrendering your freedom. You have the spirit leading you. 
So let it lead you. Let it lead you um, to the fruit of the Spirit. 